Hey everybody, before we begin today's episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, let me tell you about all the platforms you can find the podcast on. Not only can you find us on Anchor, but you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. All the links will be in the description of every episode. So let's get into this episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Wrestling Podcast. We're wrestling meets reality. This episode is going to be my review, my reaction to last night, May 5th, 2019's edition of Monday Night Raw. And again, I don't watch the weekly shows. I have no need to, being that nothing's missed. Honestly, if I didn't watch last night, uh, if I didn't um, know about last night, rather, it wouldn't have mattered, but to review and react to things, I got the results. I'm glad I didn't watch it, because it was utter garbage. People said it was an okay show. That's not good, an okay show. And I'm very curious to see the ratings this week, because they had a, prim- a prim- primarily SmackDown Live dominant show. And apparently, this is the beginning of the end of the brand split. And that in itself, based on what transpired last night is not good one bit, and it's quite frankly laughable, and it's upsetting to see what went down last night, to me at least. Like I said, people said this show was okay, it was average, and as well as to talk votes, it was average, but um, it was not good. It started from the bat. The show opened with Mr. McMahon coming out, um, and Roman Reigns came out thereafter, Hours before this, the WWE's Twitter account put that Roman Reigns is not allowed to be on Raw. He's a SmackDown star. What happens? Roman Reigns is on Raw. No issues. <laughs> Crazy. Anyway, out comes, like, um, Kofi Kingston comes out, Daniel Bryan, who's cleared to return and wrestle still, which is awesome to see, thank goodness. He came out, um, I think Drew McIntyre came out, and all that. And Mr. Man announced that he he will be doing a wild card stipulation or rule, I think is what he called it, where three people from Raw can go, come to SmackDown every week, and vice versa. And by the end of the night, that rule was pointless. In three hours, WWE implemented one thing. And uh, by end, by the end of the night, it's confusing. No one knows what's happening. It's very well planned, and there's no. It shows that there's cracks in the system, and WWE has no plans for anything they're doing. They're just flying by the seat of their pants and booking as they go. They have no continuity, like I said in the last episode, and showing very, very heavily here. So, Mr. Man said that this wild card. Rule would be in effect again where three from superstars from Raw can invade SmackDown each week and then uh, three from SmackDown can come to Raw each week. And again, by the end of the show, that makes no sense and doesn't matter because more than three showed up after this came out. After this this announcement, more than three came, so that's laughable there. But everybody's making fun of Michael Cole when Roman Reigns came out. They said, he said, that Monday Night Yard, I know that's supposed to be a cool, like, Roman Reigns, this is my yard, uh, stick or what, 
but that was a terrible, terrible piece of commentary. People's um, fussing and raving about because it's only been three weeks since the, since the Superstar Shakeup and Roman Reigns is back and they're acting like he's been gone for on SmackDown Live for a year and hasn't been seen since. It's only been three weeks. And from reports too, people's uh, reviews of the show, you could tell that Raw was in desperation mode. By the way, the commentary commentated and things that, like, um, Mr. Man was saying, he was a genius over and over to make himself feel good, possibly. But a lot of people said that this show reeked of desperation to keep viewers. And I'm very curious to see how it goes. But yeah, Roman Reigns comes out, Michael Cole says, Monday Night Yard. Monday Night Yard. What's that even mean? But they're acting like this brand, the Superstar Shake-Up has been six months ago, and it's only been, not even been a month. And here we are seeing the most of the people who were drafted to SmackDown on Raw. <laughs> Roman Reigns, um, you see Elias, who's on Raw. Um, Lawson, who's been on Raw. I'll get into that later as we get um, onward. But this wild card, wild card rule by the end of the show makes no sense. I'm confused. I don't care. And um, it's it's nonsense. But yeah, after this opening segment, you had Seth Rollins and Asia Styles um, versus Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin. I think they did this exact same match last week, if I do recall. And also, before I get into this, Vince McMahon booked um, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre later in the show. And they booked for the WWE Championship, SmackDown's Championship on Raw, Kobe Kingston versus Daniel Bryan, which is a great match. But this being on Raw just ruins my mood in all sorts of ways. It grinds my gears in a lot of different ways. I'll get to that later on as well. But here you have Seth and AJ versus um, Baron and Bobby Lashley, the, the mid-card of evil that um, Russell Talk calls them. Um, Baron Corbin pinned the champion, AJ Styles. I mean, excuse me, uh, Seth Rollins, sorry. Sorry about that, my phone went off. But, yeah, Baron Corbin beat AJ Styles. Sorry, I mean, Seth Rollins, I guess AJ, I'm used to AJ being the champ around here. AJ leaving Seth Rollins and calls for Baron Corbin to pick up the win with the end of days. And... AJ's hot tempo or whatever came into play again, I guess. But what I'm feared about is Ben Corbin got the win. Yeah. So after if if Seth Rollins beats AJ, which he should, I, I guarantee Ben Corbin's going to win Money in the Bank. Because this is another thing. Ben Corbin has heat. The heat that you shouldn't have. No one wants to see Ben Corbin. He's It's not that oh, he's a good heel character heat. He's just knowing ever since his issues with Kurt Angle, he got announced as Kurt Angle's final opponent. No one in the universe cares to see this man's face. And Vince is like, it's heat. It's good for business. It's good for ratings, whatever. So they're pushing Baron Corbin because he gets hatred. General hatred. So they're going to push Baron Corbin to the moon based on this. Is that going to be good in the long term? I don't know. People, people's not going to pay to see Baron Corbin as champion. So here comes the universal champion. And that's going to be a video of me raiding and ranting for five, ten years. Because that's going to be the death of the U.S. title. But so Baron Corbin be the champion, Seth Rollins. Which means he's probably going to win Money in the Bank. As I'm calling it, he will win Money in the Bank. And I don't want that to happen, but that's what they're doing. Next you have 
Braun Strowman interrupting Sami Zayn's promo. Sami Zayn's had one of the best promos in recent weeks, just telling the fans how fickle they are, like Daniel Bond would say, and just dogging them to death. And out comes Braun Strowman, a feud that I think was going on this time last year, about to start, one to two. Um, so he chases him away, ends up throwing him in the dumpster, and the dumpster truck picks him up and takes him away. So Sami uh, Zayn literally got buried by <laughs> Braun Strowman. I don't care about this. Not much to say about that. Next, uh, well, according to notes, my notes wise, I might be missing some segments, and I honestly don't care. Um, Lucha House Party beat local talent. Let us let us sit in for a minute. Lucha House Party beat local t- talent. How crazy is that? Yeah, Lucha House Party beating local enhancement talents. Usually, people like Ryback or uh, strong people like that or Braun Strowman. That's what enhancement talents are for, for big, strong guys to look powerful. Not for lucha people to do flips and dives and stuff. That's That by itself just blew my mind. Like, okay, wow. So they're pushing, pushing, pushing Lucha House Party, apparently, for Lord knows what. Next, and a good match, but makes backtracking kind of way. Yeah, Ricochet versus Robert Rude. For Ricochet's Money in the Bank spot. And one issue I had the Money in the Bank ladder matches this year is they had no qualifying matches. They just, here, here's the people in the match for all, here's what's the SmackDown. No one qualified. That was two weeks ago when this was announced. Two weeks later, okay, Ricochet, I put his spot on the line against Robert Roode. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's like giving a, ki- giving a kid uh, a cake. Then sees a poor card. Oh, you did bad. Give me the cake back. You see the poor card. Oh, good job, Billy. And give him cake or whatever. You don't do. You don't put the card for the horse. And that's what they did here to me. Is they put the card for the horse. They gave Ricochet his spot. Two weeks later, hey, you got to defend your spot against Robert Roode. While the stakes are one one now, Robert beat Ricochet. The I believe the week he was announced for the Monday Bank, he beat him. <laughs> So, if that was the case, which I'm not, my mood might be wrong, Robert Roode should be in the match. But no, Ricochet is, which he'll be great in the match. But just the booking of this match shows how continuity is not good with WWE. That's my biggest full issue. One of my biggest issues, if you watched the last video, I'll link that in the description, is continuity is terrible with WWE now. And showed heavily, like I said, in this episode. So Ricochet beat Robert, Robert Roode and still in the money bank. Cool. Okay. Um, what um, what's cool about the show that I liked was involving Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and Dominic. Um, you had Rey and Dominic do an interview, I think, and then Rey's like, hey, Dominic, give me some water. Samoa Joe stalked Dominic, which I, I love that. Joe was a good stalker <laughs> as far as that he was good with AJ Styles and terrorizing his family, Wendy, oh, Wendy, all that type of stuff. And now he's just terrorizing Rey Mysterio's son, bullying him. Where does this lead? I got a feeling this is going to, they're going to have Dominic get physical with Samoa Joe, which would be crazy. I think Dominic's like, what, 18, 19 now? Um, Joe had a good line, was talking about Uncle Eddie, in air quotes, and part of the, their um, custody feud back in 2004, I think. That lot of match with Dominic's custody on the line. So he brought that up and he's like, you tell your father, but he's going to kill him. 
And I, I figured he would smack him in the face. I could say, send this to your father. But he didn't. Shockingly. I got a feeling this is to get a little bit more violent down the road. Which is cool to say. Samoa Joe's a good, violent guy. He's just not been a credible champion. Because he beat Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania in um, 5, 10 seconds, basically. And another thing, continuity is important. Um, when they did the whole New Era thing a few months ago, they said one thing is no more rematches. If you lose, you keep going. Rey Mysterio lost at WrestleMania. So what happens? He's going to fight him again in a rematch, ladies and gentlemen. Well, so continuity, LOL. Crazy. Um, this after this, my next note is about Lacey Evans versus Ali Katrina. And this was kind of cool as far as Lacey's character development because she was sending all other divas like Alexa Bliss, Natalia, and Naomi, especially, invitations to watch this match. So they came out on ringside and she made quick work of Ali. And then uh, I was bad mouthing everybody. Becky Lynch came out and they brawled. I like this feud now. This time last week, I was dogging it because I didn't. I thought Lacey Evans was not ready. While she's still greener in the gills a little bit, I think this is a good way to make her get her better quick. Is she going to win the Raw title? I don't think so. But if she did, it would fit her character very well. But I think her character needs to develop more. She literally spent the last three or four months catwalking down the, ring, down the ramp. And now she's uh, no more contending for a title. So... It just makes sense to me. And it does show that Vince or whoever books the women's championship stories loves blonde women. You got her defending Miss Lacey, a blonde for all, and Charlotte, a blonde from SmackDown. So there you go. And there you got Blonde C. Next, um, yeah, the Viking Raiders. Ooh. Um, beat these Raw Tag Team Champions, Hawkins and Ryder. So, are they going to be the normal contenders? Also, I, unless I'm not watching NXT, I might be wrong about this now, but aren't they still the NXT Tag Team Champions? I would have them wear the titles proud on the main roster even, but they don't, apparently, because they didn't have them last night. I did see that. So, they beat the champions, which Hawkins and Ryder are not viable threats as champions, sadly. So, I was surprised there. I got a feeling this could be the War, excuse me, Viking Raiders. I'm going to say War Raiders. As your future tag team champions. And that shows the issues. This and another segment I'll bring you up in a little bit. Um, Raw's tag team, well, the whole tag team division now was garbage. SmackDown had hopes because you had the Usos and the New Day tearing it up. Usos and the Bar tearing it up. SmackDown had hope. You watch the Usos to Raw, and now they're garbage. I'll mention that in a little bit. You have the Revival, who are jokes. SmackDown's tag team division is nothing now. They literally have thrown together tag teams as they're going to announce new tag team champions tonight, which I'm going to make a little prediction. It's going to be Shane McMahon and Elias. That's my prediction. SmackDown tag team champions are going to be Shane McMahon and Elias. Woo. Which I think this will lead into them facing the Miz and Roman Reigns for the titles at Money in the Bank. I'm calling that now too. So a lot, a lot of predictions. So next, the best part of the show, which I think I think is crazy, Bray Wyatt is the best thing going on at all. His Firefly Firefly Funhouse 
is just great. It's creepy, it's all get out, it's entertaining. Bray, just you can tell he's enjoying himself because I've heard reports he's actually got control of his gimmick. And that's the case, and that's great. But this one was great. Mercy the um buzzard killed the rabbit. And um it was very creepy. It furthers the speculation like where's this going? I'm not bored of this, or like question well creative ain't gonna do nothing with this. I don't well, I don't have faith in creative either. But if Bray has control of this like I've read and seen and list, then I think he's gonna do well with this. I don't know I do not know where it's going. And that's the best part. It's uncertain. It's unpredictable. That's what I love in wrestling. And it's sad that I'm getting this out of vignettes like this and actual matches and storylines. Honestly, that is sad and sad. Next up, you have Roman Reigns versus Jim McIntyre. In my video yesterday, I called it. I said, Roman Reigns will be on Raw tonight. He'll be facing either Baron Corbin or Drew McIntyre in the main event. While it was not the main event, I called the match and said it's probably Drew McIntyre. I was right. Predictability. <laughs> it just blows my mind. That I knew it's how predictable they are. Next up is that uh, Noe Jose came out randomly with the Congo line. Law Sullivan um, came out and attacked the whole Congo line in Jose. Now, I'm just reading how, as I got it written. I might have my segments out of order, but if that's the case, I apologize. But you, if you watch, you know what happened. And then Lars Sullivan found Vince backstage. Vince was talking on the phone saying, three people for me to show, that's it. No exceptions, basically. Lars came up, he said, oh, maybe four. Maybe four. So keep in mind, Vince just said, okay, we got four people coming for each show each week. We're at five now. We have Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, Roman Reigns, Shane McMahon, who's on SmackDown, Elias, and now Lars. Actually, that's six people. Six. And people won't count Shane because he's an authority figure. Well, Shane's been on both shows here lately. So, five or six, give or take. Vince said at the beginning of the show, only three. Now it's at only four. I'll talk about that in the end, but what even? So, that's crazy. Next, two words. Oosy hot. Yes, oosy. Not icy hot. Oosy hot. You have the feud between the Usos, former, I believe, like, four-time SmackDown Tag Team Champion, versus the Revival, one of the best NXT tag teams of all time. And Usos put itching powder in their pants, in their tights. And you have them scooting around the ring. You got um, Scott Dawson putting his jacket between his legs, rubbing between his legs, scooting on his butt around the ring because it itches so bad. What? <sighs> this feud has so much promise. The revival in general has so much promise. When they were called up, they had injuries. Yeah, injuries happened. But Vince sailed on them apparently because of the injuries, and they've been gimmicks ever since. They've been. Ca um, comedy act ever since no one took him seriously and they had their all tag team titles for like a minute just so they'd be content with being on the roster being a WWE and it's reported that uh, Dash Waller turned down a contract for um 
to stay with WWE. So probably, this is a way of punishing them for not staying, in my opinion. They're just making them jokes. They're trying to make them as jokingly as possible. I hope they leave. And I'm, I hate to see people leave like this. I enjoyed the revival in NXT thoroughly. When they were called up, I loved it. But they've been trash ever since. And this showed it. This feud has so much promise. This can be one of the matches of the of the main the main card. This can be in the pre-show, I call it. But it's turned to an oozy hot comedy act. And it's sad. It's very sad to see. I can make a whole other video on this, but I'm not to save time. Um so um yeah. After this is when Boas came out, so I apologize I had it backwards, but I just did my spill on that, so yeah, Laws is a six SmackDown Live guy come out the in the wild card thing of four people or three people. Um, so the main event was the WWE Championship, SmackDown Live Championship. Kofi Kingston, the champion versus Daniel Bryan in a very, very good match. Great match. Kofi won the Trouble in Paradise when he counted the LeBell Lock. Great match, but this should be on SmackDown. This shows how little they care about the Universal title. I made a uh, video uh, episode on that a few weeks ago, how the state of the Universal title was garbage. And Seth Rollins is doing the best he can, but they had the other shows, the other brands title in the main event of this show. Not their champion, their champion opened the show. That's it. <laughs> they had the other show's champion main event. That shows how little they care about the Universal title picture. And that shows how desperate they are for ratings. They put the other champion as the main as the main event. Now they should have Seth Rollins main event tonight against somebody. On SmackDown to make it even, but they won't because continuity, LOL. But as I wrap up this episode, the wild card rule is Derby's latest attempt to reset the brand, the both brands. Since I believe um November of 2018, they've had this is their third quote unquote reset. And it's not working one bit. And I wanna sound like a broken record, but AEW's coming up in three weeks, two or three weeks. And based on last night, WWE is sinking fast. People compare them to WCW in the end stages of the Monday Night Wars. And I agree, WWE is being desperate, they're being hasty, hastily booking stuff together just to make make matches, they're not doing continuity right, they're just flying out of the seat of their pants, and to, Raw last night showed that, when they did the wild card rule, and by the end of the night, they had no idea what they were doing with it, they had no, they had no clue where they are going with it, I guarantee it. It's just, it's crazy. Like I said, my inv my episode yesterday, they've been in this business for over 20 years, and you they act like babes in the industry here lately. And it's sad to see, and it's laughable to see. Let me know in the comments below, what did you think of Money Night Raw? Am I being too skeptical? Let me know in the comments below. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Tip of the Iceberg Wrestling Podcast, where wrestling meets reality. I'll be back tomorrow talking about SmackDown Live. Take it easy, guys.